In this week's episode, we're going to talk about Vendetta Pro's Midget Mania and Movie City Wrestling. Let's get to it. It's a chance. Welcome everybody to another edition of the Chastastic View presented to you by Verbal Wrestling, where we use our verbal skills to talk about wrestling. I am your host, Charles, aka Mr. Chastastic, and I'm coming to you with another episode talking about what I love to talk about, which is independent wrestling, particularly wrestling happening in Southern California. And like what I do every other week, or every week, I watch shows happening in my area and this as mentioned in the beginning i was able to watch two shows which was vendetta pro midget mania that happened last december 9 in costa mesa california and movie city wrestling which happened in east la on december 10 2016 had a great time enjoyed myself i kind of wish that i was able to attend that i was was able to attend the fcw event because the card looked amazing, and because I did not go to that event, I did read the results on SoCalUncensored.com, and they were able to give you all the details, and there's actually a good write-up regarding what's happened at that event, and I'll put that in the link, but go ahead and read that article if you want to know what's happened or what was the result of the Finest City Championship or Finest City Wrestling, FCW. Uh, check out SoCalUncensored.com's article with the breakdown of what happened there. But before I move on from that topic, I do want to give a shout out to Eli Everfly, who has who is now the new FCW lightweight champion. Congratulations to him. I heard they had an amazing match, and Eli Everfly always has an amazing, amazing match. Uh so congratulations. I wish I was at that event, but I decided to go to Movie City Wrestling and I'll get more into detail about what happened at movie city wrestling but let's go to what the event i attend last friday which was vendetta pros midget mania they're doing their tour they've gone to other events that they go throughout go throughout the year this time they held it at costa mesa it's it was different it was unique i don't know if the word midget is the politically correct term I think I've read online that it's not that it's not politically correct, uh, but, you know, refer to them as names. But as a people of smaller stature, I will refer to them either as midgets or just mini wrestlers. Uh, I know that in WWE, they had when they were using their uh, wrestlers of smaller stature, you know, they would call them the minis. So I'm just going to refer to them either as mini wrestlers. And if I jump back to the term midget, and that's not the politically correct term, I do apologize. I just don't know if there is, you know, they're people. It's just the better way to describe them is that they're people of not regular size. They're just a little shorter and they do a pretty good show. I was amazed. It was held at the Tiki Bar in Costa Mesa. And it was a pretty good event. The venue was really small because it was a bar. So the bar itself had like the bar area, a little game area, and a little backstage type uh, room where they, I think, hold uh, little concerts. It has a stage area. And so the stage was set up in their little, I guess, seating slash dance floor area at that, at this tiki bar. And it was really tight. The ring was smaller than usual. Um 
And it, I don't know if it was because of the mini wrestlers or if it was just because the room itself did not dictate a bigger ring. But it was a smaller room. And one thing that I did not like about it is because it was a smaller room. There was really on only one pathway that went to the outdoor area where you can smoke and I think get food that was there. So if you are, if the bar was on one side, the stage area was right next to it and the outdoor area was right next to that stage type area, the stage area was still like indoors. But if you're sitting in the front row, which I was every now and then you get people walking back and forth during the match. And because the room was tight, photographers and videographers, they're doing their job, but they were getting in my way. Kind of pisses me off, but I was still able to get some footage. So if you're not following Verbal Wrestling on Twitter, follow me because I do have some footage from that event. And I just really enjoyed myself. It was just difficult to usually get the footage that I usually get at events, but I think I got a pretty good amount of shots that gave you good a good idea of what it is to attend this a midget mania event um one thing that i also want to mention about this midget mania event is that uh oh man i lost my train of thought it was well just know that it was just oh yeah, yeah I, I don't remember what i wanted to say well the crowd itself that was there it was very hipster and when I refer to hipster, I'm not saying that more as a looking down wrestling snob type thing, talking about people that are not true fans. But it was one of those like um, it was one of those things where you go to like a bar and everyone there is there just to kind of have fun, just enjoy themselves, check out something new, check out something different. They're loud, they're wild, but usually for me, I, but they're like it's like a hip thing to do. But for me, I'm usually used to the people going with real wrestling fans that know how to do the chants that we do. This is awesome. And, you know, the, you know, uh, all that other stuff. I can't think of the other weird chants that we do. Um, but they gave a lot of energy. I think it was a fun event. It was just a different crowd. It wasn't really the hardcore wrestling crowd. It was just more of the hipster crowd. People that just were out for a Friday night to watch something interesting and different, which was midget mania and so let me get to the card and overall it wasn't just pure midgets i would assume that it was there was more midgets that were support or mini wrestlers that were supposed to be on the card but it had about four matches plus a battle royal of all the people that participated in those uh, in those four matches there was midget matches there was a female match there was a tag team match um and then a battle royal so uh, let's get break. Let's break it down. The first match started with Little Chola, who uh, defeated Filinito. That was pretty interesting because that was the first one, and Little Chola seems like a little the shortest of the midgets that were actually there. So watching her run the ropes every now and then was kind of like interesting because it was a lot of short steps just to hit the ropes. But just because it was a lot of short steps doesn't mean what they did what didn't tell a great story. I thought. Her and Filinito. So it was not only just a midget match. It was an intergender midget match. And they did a pretty fun job. It was a pretty good job that was really fun to watch. Very entertaining. They know that it wasn't the regular hardcore craziness. Though they did pull... Little Chola did pull out a... I guess it was a cookie sheet. 
and hit Felinito over over it. And so that was kind of something that they did, I think, in different in other matches as well. But it was fun. It was entertaining. I was pleasantly surprised. I didn't really come in there with a lot of expectation to be as entertained, but I wanted to check it out because I, I in reality, I didn't come in there with much expectation. I just came in there wanting to see something different, something unique, wrestling that I've never seen before live, though I have seen midget wrestling when WWE had like the minis way back in the day, like 10 years ago. And um, of course, there was Torito and Hornswoggle. They had their matches. So I was interested to check this out. But that first match was fun. It was interesting. The next match was Tab Jackson versus Ruby Rays. Tab Jackson Jackson wins a very Regular female match. They're both regular size, so there wasn't many, but it was a female match. Very entertaining. Ruby Rays always does a banging job. She actually is the equal opportunity ass kicker. And they had some pretty good spots, a lot of good uh, moves back and forth. Um, that was a fun match. After that, it was Lobito versus Chucky, uh, Suki. I think they called Suki. So Lobito, he has this kind of ram mask. And according to the announcer, he was a part of Nacho Libre. If you watch Nacho Libre, there was like two midgets with these kind of um, bull horned type masks that wrestled Nacho Libre and his partner. And um, apparently Lobito was one of the two guys that were there. And him and Suki actually moved very well in the ring doing the swinging head scissors and it was just, and then Lobito with because he had a mask that had horns he was like thrusting himself and hitting him hitting Suki in the side in the butt in the chest and it was just fun but yet they also moved very well in the ring now coming from the the first midget match mini wrestler match um I didn't I thought they kind of moved kind of that slower but yet Lobito and Tsuki, I really thought they moved very well. I was pleasantly surprised. Um, so Lobito won over Suki. And following that was Midnight Delight. Now, if you don't know Midnight Delight, they are one of the main teams that wrestle for, um, well, the two people are uh, Billy Blade and Richie Slade. They have this kind of 80s type gimmick. Um they wrestle for Vendetta Pro Wrestling. I think Billy Blade is like either the booker or the owner. For I something's associated with Vendetta Pro, but they were they were there. They came out with uh, Shannon Ballard, and they got the the whole crowd hating them hating them because Shannon Ballard was I'm from Canada. You guys all suck. These are the worst people in the world. You know, insulting Orange County. Can't believe he was there. You know, so they generated a lot of heat, and that's what they're supposed to do. They're the bad guys. And so they fought against E-Money, who was one of the taller midgets that were there, and he teamed up with SoCal Crazy. Great match, a lot of great spots, but Midnight Delight won over E-Money and SoCal Crazy. After that, because there was uh, some interference with uh, Shannon Ballard, which caused Midnight Delight to win. They started doing, say, we're going to now have a battle royal. And the battle royal wasn't just over the top because, hey, they're like minis. So they are people of smaller stature. That they, it was pinfall, submission, or just floors, uh, feet hitting the floor 
type battle royal. And they're all in the ring, hitting a lot of great fun spots. There was one spot where they had Billy Blade. They swung, I think it was Ray's and Tab Jackson's. Jackson swung Billy Blade into the corner and then first it was Ray's that you know charged and hit him while he was in the corner followed by Tab Jackson and followed by I think Tab Jackson uh I'm trying to get this from memory um followed by Suki and I forgot how it goes but I have that on video that's on my Twitter account so if you want to see more of what happened there go to my Twitter account follow verbal wrestling and you get to see more about that but uh, at the end we had e-money doing a frog splash off the top rope on uh, Shannon Ballard and that was pretty cool I got a little glimpse I wish I had better footage but as I say the, the event was tight so everybody was kind of people in the ring were kind of covering me people walking in front of me um, but overall it was a fun event Will I go again? I think I will. If they have another one running in Costa Mesa or somewhere in the LA area, I'll check them out. It was pretty interesting. It was pretty fun. Um, was it worth the cost I paid for? Not really, when in a sense, I could pay the same amount and really get really high-end wrestling. But I'm not going there because I'm expecting high-end wrestling. I'm going there for the pure entertainment value of being able to cheer in a in an environment for uh mini wrestlers and that's what it is you don't if you're looking for great wrestling i think you got to go somewhere else this one is just a fun wrestling event and if you haven't experienced midget wrestling or wrestling with mini wrestlers i would say check it out it's it's something if you're a wrestling fan it's something to expand your horizon regarding wrestling it's usually guys that wrestle but then when you go to like watching all females, uh, an event ran by primarily just all females, that's an awesome event. And so watching midget wrestling is also another aspect of independent wrestling that already further expands your ideas and just, you know, your independent wrestling knowledge. It gives you that holistic view that there are different types of wrestling out there. So... If you're not in Southern California and you are and they have it in other places, go check them out. I'm pretty sure they're not the only ones that run midget wrestling. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of other ones. I think some of those wrestlers actually came from Mexico. So I can imagine that they actually have events that has uh, many wrestlers. Um, but it was interesting. I won't knock it. Vendetta Pro Midget Mania. I did enjoy myself at that event. Now, that was Friday. The next day is Movie City Wrestling, which was held at the UEW Auditorium or UEW Arena in East LA. And that was also another fun event. I kind of wish I went to FCW because that card was a little bit more stacked. But FCW runs out of San Diego. And because Movie City Wrestling, this was their debut, initial, their inaugural promotion event, I decided to check them out instead. Uh, my only problem with Movie City Wrestling, and don't get me wrong, I, I'm going to go run down the matches that were at that event. But my only problem with it was it's called Movie City Wrestling. So when you put the word Movie City, what should come to mind is that there should be themes that are kind of movie-esque. Like, when you think about Sin Bodhi's freak show wrestling shows, 
you already know that it's going to be weird and b- bizarre. When you think Lucha Vavoom, you already know it's gonna, it's a, something different. When you think wrestling, uh, Brian Kendrick's Wrestling Pro Wrestling, you already know that it's a little bit different. And Northern California has something called Hood Slam, and I saw clips of that stuff. You kind of know it's different wrestling. So because of the term itself, Movie City Wrestling, you would think maybe there's something different and more unique about it. It's not just a res- regular wrestling match that they have little gimmicks that were there. But no, it was just a regular wrestling match, um, a regular wrestling event. I just think, well, I would just say this. I don't understand the association between the term itself and the actual event. Maybe because maybe it's just their start and they're just still trying to figure out what niche they could pull off. But if I can make a suggestion, if you're going to call yourself Movie City Wrestling, throw in a little gimmicks. I mean, we know that a lot of these wrestlers that are on there are people that exist in, they exist in, in, or they wrestle in other promotions. So throw a little fun gimmick at them. Make them be someone different. Movie City Wrestling. I mean, you could still do the Karate Kid something. You could still do like a, uh, some kind of like ghost writer i don't even know how to pull that one off kind of something you could always theme it towards something that is movie-esque james dean you know have a lot of like 50s or some kind of movie darth vader uh star wars type gimmick so it's kind of like movie cities because you're gonna get these movie characters wrestling in this wrestling event that would be what i would expect from the term movie city wrestling but I don't know. Maybe that's something they planned. It just didn't pan out as of last Saturday. But that's just me a little bit nitpicking and and stuff like that. Um, But let me just go to the match. Uh, The first match they had was Lotus Nilumbo, who is a masked Lucha Libre, I guess, style wrestler versus Desi. I've seen Desi around. I think he was trained under Brian Kendrick's uh, training school. Um. Okay, match. It was pretty cool. Uh, Desi's like, I seen him around, and he looks like Rufio from the uh, from Hook. If you've seen Hook and you seen Rufio, which is Dante Bosco, he looks like a Bosco. And so whenever I see him, I just want to say Rufio. I think if they really wanted to make Movie City Wrestling and give him like a little gimmick to stay in the theme of movies, make him look like Rufio. And that would be funny. Uh, Lotus Nilumbo was just a guy in white uh, tights and kind of ninja zen uh, lucha mask. Okay, match. It was was pretty cool. It started off the whole event. The next event was the WeHo Special versus the Felines. Now, the WeHo Special are two guys, Biggie Biggs and Tanya. Uh, Biggie Biggs, I think he's from UEW's Heavy Hitters, but he wrestles. Um, him and Tanya, and I'm not sure what his real name is, but their gimmick was the, is, well, their, their team is WeHo Specials, which stands for West Hollywood, and West Hollywood is known for its LGBTFYG, I have no idea what it's called again, but, you know, um, the gay area, that's where, like, the gay pride parade is, that's where, like, in Hollywood, whenever there's a Halloween, it's, like, one of the most happening-est kind of places to go because people like wearing drag and wearing their gay stuff. Well, that gimmick is what they were 
And so they had a lot of fun spots while they wrestled against the felines, which was Osiris Mittens and Senior Buttons. Watch my clips on my Twitter account at Verbal Wrestling, and you'll see how fun and funny that little gimmick was. Uh, WeHo Special One um, over the felines. Next was Ricky the Activist versus Ruben Iglesias. Now, I've been seeing Ricky the Activist wrestle a lot more, and I'm, I haven't seen him as much. I've seen him in a couple of promotions like last year, but I haven't seen him much of this year. And now that I'm seeing him, so far this is like the fourth, third time I've seen him. Uh, first time at PCW when he was teamed with Brody King and they did their little spot where he gets beat up by um, uh, Keepers of the Faith. And then I saw him at M MPW and now I see him at MCW, Movie City Wrestling. And, you know, I, I'm really impressed. This guy really can go really good. He's... Um, I enjoy watching him wrestle because he wrestled with aggressiveness, but he beat Ruben Iglesias, who's also someone who's been around for a while, had a great match. Ricky the Activist wins. Next was uh, a match that was supposed to be Heather Monroe versus, uh, I didn't write the original name, uh, Hudson Envy. There it goes. So Hudson Envy, if you don't know, she, uh, based off her Twitter and what I've read, because I do follow her on Twitter. She's like recovering from cancer, her cancer treatment, and is considered cancer free based off the last thing I can remember. So she was not able, she hasn't wrestled like the last, I think, month or two um, because of her health situation. So though she was slotted to wrestle at this event, Heather Monroe gets in front of the mic or gets on the mic and says that Hudson and be scared. That's how come she don't want to wrestle. I'll take anyone there. And then winter from, uh, impact wrestling comes out. Katarina lay. She comes out and she squashes Heather in the first in within like 40 seconds. It was, a, I, I wish the match was longer, but I guess because it was a replacement, um, I don't know the activeness of winter uh, as an active wrestler, but it was a squash match. Uh, but I do like Heather Monroe. I think she's been improving the last year or so that I've, I've been watching her in different promotions. She's one of the graduates of uh, the Santino Bros Dojo. And I mentioned this before in a previous podcast, I think from the AWS is she's seems to be getting real comfortable in her gimmick that she's able to seem like she belongs or her character is just more well-developed that I think she does really well when it wrestles because now as she wrestles, the personality's there. It's just not wrestle, go to the next spot, go to the next spot, wrestle, go to the next spot. You know, it's, there's personality behind wrestling. And that's what makes like a real good veteran wrestler is they know how to stay in that personality while wrestling and do little spots that you still see that personality there, even though they're like in between spots. So they had a squash match. The next match was beautiful. Brian Jace versus Louie Louie. And um, Brian just really just destroyed Louie Louie. <laughs> Louie Louie had some pretty good spots. Um, I think based off my reading, they've actually, they're relatively new on the wrestling scene, if I'm not mistaken. But they had a pretty good match. After that was a triple threat match, which was Aaron Sky, Damian Smith, and Kodohiro. Um, uh, Aaron Sky wins. 
Uh, it was actually a triple threat elimination match. So Kodo Hero was the first to be eliminated. Then it was just Aaron Sky and Damian Smith. Damian Smith was eliminated with leaving or was pinned, leaving Aaron Sky as the winner. Now, Kodo Hero is another person that I've seen a lot more lately. I there's the I guess wearing a mask. Either he just doesn't want to really reveal his look. The only thing with people that wear masks is that you don't get the facials. You don't get to see them in pain. So your body has to portray the emotion that your face, that, that's, that you can't reveal through your face. But so it's just his, there's still like a learning process of just trying to still tell that story, that emotion physically, since facially you can't do that. So he wears a mask. He's getting better every time I see him, but... I do see that when he does wrestle veterans, a lot more veterans, he actually he has a better showing. This one was very okay because I think Aaron Sky and Damon Smith were relatively new, but Damon Smith, badass, you know, very heelish uh, personality. I thought he did a great job. Aaron Sky, a lot of high flying, good spots, uh, good match as well. The next was was the next match was Desi Dorada versus Ashley Grace and. I enjoyed this match. I just enjoyed this match. I didn't really expect too much out of the match. Of course, I wanted to see Desi Dorada because she's hot, tall, Amazonian-looking woman. Ashley Grace, a lot of a little short stature. Uh, when you size them up together, uh, Ashley Grace, I seen her wrestle a couple of times. Um, I think the first, no, that wasn't the first time, but the last time I saw her wrestle, she was it was part of Sabotage. And she was in this gimmick where her partner was, uh, it was basically battered wife type gimmick where the man was controlling and she was like the victim of the relationship. That's how the storyline that, or that's their little backstory as they went to the ring. That he was the jerk and she was the one that was the victim in this relationship. Uh, so you kind of see her at the kind of like victim-esque type of role. In this one, she was the more aggressor. The mean-spirited one. She was the heel, and she did a great job being a heel. Desiderata, strong, was able to lift her, and she has this great suplex where she holds her up for like three or four seconds. But it was like weird because it looked like Ashley Grace was still kind of angled, but she was able to still keep her body straight. So the hold looked pretty cool. And then she did the suplex. That's also on my that clip is on my Twitter at Robo Wrestling. Uh, check that out. Enjoy that match. Desi Dorada wins. And then it was the main event. It was Chavo Guerrero versus Paul London. And what I loved about that is that five, six, seven years ago, this would be a WWE match. And I loved it because Chavo still did, uh, at one point, did the Three Amigos. He does the frog, frog splash. You know, Paul London does, do, does those flips. One of the cool things about this whole match and wasn't really the match itself was actually right before the match. Paul London comes out singing and I was impressed with his voice. He actually can sing. It's not like singer. He's going to make a singing career out of it. No, he actually just had a, a guy that can sing with that can carry a tune. That was very entertaining. I've never seen him sing before, but to see him come out singing, awesome i did see i think lenny ortega's uh 
I forgot which his Twitter handle. He actually was able to get uh, someone was able to post a link and he tweeted it. I retweeted that. So you could look for that. I might even put that in the description if you want to see Paul London sing. But he actually does the whole song as he walks from the back and just circles the whole ring singing the song prior to the match. And very cool and interesting. I think one of the cool things about like wrestlers is when you know that they're there just to screw around. They're there to wrestle and entertain, but part of it is that they got to kind of entertain themselves. So they kind of do silly things that they just want to do. And him just basically doing a karaoke session before the match was pretty fun and funny. I was holding up my phone with my flashlight on. I was waving that back and forth because it was fun. That's what we do. That's what I enjoy about independent wrestling. It's there's not really much boundary. There's sometimes there are no real boundaries of what you can or cannot do. You could yell as much as you want. You could cheer as much as you want. You could hold your phone and kind of participate, pretend that you're part of a concert, flashing that flashlight while Paul London is singing. But uh, when they had their match, it was a really good match. I enjoyed it. Um, it great spots. Chavo wins. Uh, check out those clips as well on my Twitter at Verbal Wrestling. Uh, and I will be linking uh, if you really want to look at the matches and read what's there i will be linking uh links where i found results of course i attended these matches and they did write down the results but getting the exact name was kind of hard for me so i always refer to other sources to read to find the actual naming and spelling of some of these wrestlers but a lot of my source actually comes from socalincensor.com I am not affiliated, neither am I sponsored by them. I do not get paid to do this promotion because um, I just don't. I just love what they do. SoCalAncensor.com, they actually been around, I think, 2001, if I'm not mistaken. All they do is report a lot of stuff happening with SoCal independent wrestling scene. And prior to that, I would have to kind of go to all these Facebook pages. I would have to search websites and try to find the most current information. When's their next match? Where is this place located? And then I found SoCalUncensored.com. I'm like, oh my God, look, I could see what the results are. What wrestlers actually wrestle at these events. What's really a Lucha style match versus a regular American style wrestling and where the female matches are. And I'm like, Oh my God, it's all in one place. So if you are a, a wrestling fan and is based out of Southern California, check out SoCalAncensor.com. I support them. I say check them out. Um, I'll be referring to them a little bit, little bit later. I'm going to talk about something else. But I'll, refer, I'll, be, I'll be referring to their website when I read or when I mention the upcoming events happening this weekend. Uh, the other thing I want to throw out, though, is... I and next month, January, they're going to do an event called Rise Ascent 2. Rise is actually a, I don't want to say a promotion. They're more of a traveling, I guess it's developing to become more of a traveling-based seminar uh, promotion. I don't because I don't want to call them promotion because I don't think that's their main focus. It's not just to go and put a event in various areas. Their model is basically they want to help women develop women of tomorrow, uh, develop tomorrow's women athletes. That's what rises their theme. Their motto is developing tomorrow's women's athletes. They had their first event in Chicago because that's where they're based out of. 
And in January, they will be in Southern California on a Friday. I think it's the 27th, if I'm not mistaken. I don't have the event. And the next day is AWS. And if you are in Southern California, check out AWS. But they're having their little, they teamed up together. So one day is going to be more seminar and promotion and matches. And the next day is going to be AWS, which is just a full wrestling event. Um, the reason why I'm going to that is Kevin Harvey, who's actually the owner and main person regarding Rise, is actually developing the brand. And I subscribed to his YouTube page. And just the other day, he actually released the new developments that they're doing for 2017. Now Rise isn't just developing tomorrow's women's athletes. He's actually doing something different. He's actually expanding what they're trying to do, which is educate independent wrestlers or have some kind of educational source where they could help independent wrestlers just level up. And that thing that he is trying to develop, this wrestling talent development system, is called Pipeline. Pipeline has four different uh, aspects to it, which is one is called Gain, which is developing tomorrow's independence or independent wrestlers, which is Rye. The second one is Rise, which they already started, developing tomorrow's women athletes. They're doing something new with called Voice, where they're going to develop tomorrow's vocal talent. And then they have one called Access Pipeline, which is more like a FaceTime-type one-on-one online training. So if you're an already an existing wrestler, a um, on-air or non-wrestling talent, like a manager or a ring announcer or maybe a commentator or interviewer or whatever what they're trying to what i'm understanding is that he's trying to get a place where he could actually do seminars help train people so that they can develop their skills so that as like the wwe which is like the main place that everybody would like to work because they're basically the nba nfl nhl of in of wrestling of sports entertainment to level up, sometimes people need other sources to kind of learn how to hone their crafts or how to level up their current skill sets. So they developed something called Pipeline. And in my description, I will be linking the YouTube channel that actually goes where he actually discusses each of these things, as well as the website that they have, Wrestling Pipeline, just so that you kind of get more uh, information about that. The only reason why I'm bringing up is because next month they are running an event, a Rise event, and they're going to have like some of the cool independent wrestlers, female wrestlers around going there. So I'm kind of really excited for that to happen. But, you know, it's it's still next month. But I do support anything that will help independent wrestlers because as a fan, I like watching good wrestling matches. I do this podcast so that I can be able to share my love to watch independent wrestling and to be able to just enjoy or just see everyone get better and better so that one day you see people in New Japan Pro, in Ring of Honor, in Impact Wrestling, in the WWE, which is NXT 205 Live. You know, if you support independent wrestling and, you know, see these people from the very beginning and then know that one and then later next thing you know they're like on the main stage of the wwe or other tv like big major promotions i think that'd be cool to know that you saw them 
when they're still just developing their craft and to see them from the beginning all the way to the end. I mean, there are some people here that always say, yeah, how they remember seeing uh, Kevin Steen, El Generico, and, uh, you know, watching them, Cesaro, watching them in PWG. And now it's just cool that you were able to watch them now or even Daniel Bryan when he used to wrestle like in the WWE, that like is cool. And if we as fans support independent wrestling, we could see that we could experience that whole thing that the people that we watch at these events who we support can actually develop and become professional wrestlers to the level that they can make a good financial living out of it, I think is awesome. So support independent wrestling. And I think Kevin Harvey and Pipeline is trying to help develop people to reach to that level. So kudos. Um, last thing I'm going to talk about are some upcoming events happening this week. Coming on Friday, December 16, there's PWG happening in Reseda, California. PWG, all the tickets are gone. Um, I got my tickets. I'm happy. I will be going. It's going to be cold according to the news, but I don't care. Cold, rainy. I will be there at the PWG event. On Saturday, December 17, we have UEW having Sovereign of Salt Slaughter. It's their deathmatch tournament happening in East LA at the UEW Arena. We have Knox Pro, Jingle Bells Knox in Sun Valley, California, as well as Santino Bros Wrestling's How the Butcher Stole Christmas in Bell Gardens. I'll be going to the Santino Bros Wrestling, so if you're there, you'll probably see me there, or you will see me there, because they... I just enjoy the shows that Santino Bros put together. Uh, on Sunday, December 18, there is Lucha Wrestling Purorus. Puro uh, Purorus is what they call it. Uh, Lucha Style Wrestling happening in Los Angeles, California. And SoCal Pro Wrestling Holiday Toy Drive in Escondido, California. If you're any any if you are in any of these areas, go check them out. If you want more information, go to SoCalAndCensor.com. Check out their event calendar. And you'll be able to get more information of the stuff happening there. But that's happening this week. And that's all I have for you today. I thank you so much for listening. All people who are able to, all five of you who listen to this podcast, thank you so much. Uh, if you have any questions, go ahead and hit me up on Twitter at Verbal Wrestling. Facebook, we have a Facebook page. Just look for Verbal Wrestling. Uh, we have a website, verbalwrestling.com, still in development. Uh, we have a YouTube page, Verbal Wrestling, which I will be developing for 2017, as well as what else am I having going down? Um, email, verbalwrestling at yahoo.com. All this stuff is in the description below. Um, but thank you so much for listening. I do appreciate that you are supporting my podcast. Uh, check out also the Raw and SmackDown Reaction, which is the other podcast that I do. And thanks so much. Well, that's all I have for you today. I hope you guys all 